Hello. Hey. And welcome. Happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Mother. Sorry, I jumped right to it instead yeah. of saying who we no, are. It's fine. It's it's a celebratory day. It's our first Mother's Day episode. It is our first Mother's wow. Day. Wow. How cool. Yep. I'm proud of us. Me too. We just had an awkward moment where Nicole, I thought Nicole was giving me Mother's Day gifts. And she's like, no, these are mine. I'm like, oh. I brought them to share because I got some really good murder Mother's Day gifts. Oh, they're so cool. They really are. I got um, a card with Danzig. Glenn Danzig. Glenn Danzig on the front. And it says, mother. From like the song, like, mother, tell you My husband drew it, painted it. Well, yeah, he drew it me it's a handmade card it's even on like this like cool paper that looks like it's handmade it's his new thing he makes handmade cards which makes me not want to make get get him cards ever because like all the cards i get now are like handmade cards and they're amazing maybe that should be like his business well he's gonna start an etsy page for his pottery and i'm like you might as well just start putting these on there too i know i also got the mixology of murder and the serial killer cookbook which I which okay this one is true crime trivia and disturbingly delicious last meals from death row's most famous killers and murderers. Okay. Which is hilarious because you're not actually gonna make any of this stuff. Like seriously, you're just oh. not. But but it's great for the tr- trivia. Stuff. For the most, um, I was I picked my favorite one to share. Okay. So this is the most like you know this person was a fucking serial killer <laughs> based on what they had for their last meal. A bowl of melted ice cream. Oh. What the fuck? Well, I mean, like, I could kind of get behind that. Just because I like ice cream when it's, like, semi-melted. Because well, I like when These it's people soft. got ice cream, and then they probably could have just waited. But he, like, literally asked for a bowl of melted ice cream. That's funny. Right? Like, this, this guy had ice cream, and this guy had ice cream. One chocolate, one vanilla. This one, no... They don't say what kind. So. Just melted. They just handed them a container. Yeah. I don't like melted ice cream if there's like bits, like bits of pieces of stuff mm. in the ice cream because then it's just then gross. It's weird. Yeah. So yeah, these are fun. So you know, maybe Julie and I will do an episode when we yeah do our our video portion of Mom's video do portion. Shit. We'll uh, do one of these weird. And then the mixology book. I like this one too because it has sections. So it has. Serial killer cocktails, cold case cocktails, my personal favorite, even though I never do things about this, cult cocktails, for example, Helter Skelter Sangria, Oh, and Sin Anon Manhattan. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And then there's the true crime cocktails, which are pretty, you know right out there like amityville amaretto yeah um speaking (laughs) of cults if ever you do a cult story um i I have at some point i have a listener story where she reached out to a cult and got responses and it was they were great so um i've just been holding on to that to share at a more appropriate time i guess it hasn't really come up oh and just as a real like heads up before we get started we're having mimosas at 8 o'clock in the morning. So. It's basically brunch, right? Yeah, right, 8 a.m. Brunch. It's brunch. Obviously. I'm going to brunch after this. Me too. Where are you going? We're going to the Bullfrog. Oh, do you know, I try to get reservations there and they didn't have any. I don't have reservations. We're just going to show up right when they open. Oh, uh, yeah, because they were like, the bar is first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. But they're, they have no tables available. Well, hopefully Until they do. Until 2 o'clock. No, they don't. I called. 
I called to do a reservation and they're like, we are completely booked until 2 p.m. And I'm like, well, what about the bar? And they said, well, the bar is first come, first serve. Well, I guess we're not going there. Well, shit. Yeah. Well, see, I looked on their website like a week ago and there was nothing there was about no it. And then there was a Facebook post just like the other day that Bees and I didn't see till last night. Oh, I didn't. So I looked. I think I called. It was like Thursday, Thursday night. I Because I think we're just, we, our plan was to get there at 10 when they opened in hopes that people weren't going that early because it's no. pretty early. Just sit at the bar. We have Zoe. She can get a booster seat. Just sit at the bar. And we might. We'll see. Because their brunch is fucking phenomenal. I know. Yeah. You're going to the best brunch in town, though. I am excited and nervous at the same time. Like, I don't know. What the fuck do I wear? This place is kind of fancy. Like, it is fancy. Yeah. I can't wear... I'm wearing mom jeans today. I busted out my mom jeans. I think you can totally wear that, though. It's, it's kind of hipster-ish, so... You'll be fine. This is what I've come to as a 40-year-old hipster. I'm not 40 yet, but I'm, I'm just preparing myself just to start saying get, I'm Get 40. ready for it. Yeah, yeah. just prepare. And I have no qualms with being 40. I think it's fucking phenomenal. Okay. So now that we've discussed our brunch plans with all of you, we should probably yeah. get started. Let's do this. All right. I think I'm first this week. So um, for Mother's Day, we're doing Mother's Day-themed stories, you know. Um, mine... I was like, I had a handful of things that I that I was gonna do, and then Nicole and I talked about this: is that all the fucking like true crime mom stories are all about mothers, you know, offing their kids, and we just that's not a vibe we really want to go down. So, um, I picked a different one, and I'm calling it "The Death Is in the Makeup." All right, which is a play off of that, you know, uh, No Doubt song, like "The Match Is in the Makeup." Yeah, that one. Yeah, okay. that song. All right. Um, so I want to talk about a woman who is a mother, uh, and she got this whole thing from her mother. So it's basically like a whole family business and, uh, her daughter did it with her. So what she did basically was she helped other women and mothers get free from their abusers and the special way in which she did this. She's also considered to, uh, be a serial killer, just kind of with a different style. Like she wasn't actively going out and like mm -hmm. murdering people in their homes or anything, but her name is Julia Tafana. And I'm sure if anybody watches Bailey Sarian, she kind of did this story and then she did a nail polish and called it like, it was all the Aqua Tafana stuff. Anyway. Right, right. So. Uh, this isn't like a new story, but anyway, she was an Italian woman who lived during the 17th century. There is not much to her history because much of it has, you know, just been lost to time. Although she is believed to be the daughter of Thufania, uh, de Adama, de Adams, something, who was executed in 1633, having been accused of poisoning people with arsenic. The poison was a concoction of her own device that she called Aqua Tefana. Eventually, our girl Julia would also sell Aqua Tefana. I love saying it, so I'm just going to, I'm trying to say it as much as possible. So Aqua Tefana, uh, maybe for those of you who don't know, are asking, what is it? <laughs> what is the concoction? Well, it was a combination of several well-known ingredients at the time, mostly arsenic, lead, and possibly belladonna. The liquid was colorless and it was tasteless, which made it wonderful for mixing into one's food and drink. Wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely. Aquatafana, when used, would be practically unnoticeable. When given its intend given to its intended, they would it would be a slow acting poison. 
depending on the dosage given, obviously. There were like instructions on how to do this. So small doses would cause the intended to have cold-like symptoms. The first dose would cause weakness and exhaustion. The second, the intended would become more ill with symptoms of vomiting, dehydration, diarrhea, and burning sensations in their stomach. Ooh. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. By the third or fourth dose, uh, the intended would be dead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so why are we taking this? Oh, they're not. They're being poisoned. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was, I got a little oh, lost yeah. there. No, nope. I'm just explaining to you what Aquatafana does. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. All right. So most who became inflicted would prepare for their deaths due to this concoction would mimic natural illnesses. So mm. there would be no, there was no suspicion that something right. else was happening. And the steady decline would cause one to realize their mortality and thus get their affairs in order. So if there was a will and there was money, mm. they were getting all that situated because, you know, well, I'm clearly, I'm ill. And you have to think back then, like, w once you got sick, you're definitely just probably dying. Yeah, there was a really good chance you weren't going to make right. it. Right. So why would a woman want to kill her husband? Aside from <laughs> the obvious, let's talk about what life was like for women in the 17th century. Women, because, you know, like we, I think this is a here and now kind of thing. Women were auctioned off like objects and were subjected to loveless and often abusive marriages. There was no financial or social power. And women then only had three options. Get married, stay single and survive on sex work, or the third best option, to become a well-respected and well-off widow. Enter Marticide. <laughs> Meridicide, I think is how you say it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Julia eventually moved with her daughter to Rome after becoming a widow herself. Crazy. Uh, Julia and her daughter became the proprietors of Aquatifana and sold it in what was considered the quote-unquote underground area of Rome. You know, like the seedy underbelly. The place yeah, like you the go to get It was like the black market. Yes. Yeah. With the help of her daughter and possibly a few reliable women, it's not certain how many, but what is certain is that they produced a cosmetic in a pretty packaged bottle, and inside of it was the real concoction. The packaging was well created. It was designed to be able to sit on a woman's vanity and look completely inconspicuous. The product was not labeled Aquatifana. That's its street slash, you know, underground mm. name. The bottle actually read Mana of St. Nicholas of Bari, which at the time was a popular elixir oil that helped with blemishes. There was a liquid form and there was also a powder form of this, you know, elixir. Although I don't know why you would put a powder in somebody's yeah, food. I think that's a little weird, but it seemed like it'd make it chalky, but yeah. But there was a code. Julia focused on women who were severely abused by their husbands, and it was either through word of mouth that she, it was through word of mouth that she became so successful. She only sold to women whom she knew personally or to women that had come to know about Aquatafana from known and established customers. And I say, I don't know why I say established, because most of these women didn't come back a multitude of times. Right. They usually did it like one time yeah if you come back like if it happens more than once that's how you get caught actually yes. if you keep doing it yes <laughs> but if she were ever questions she just showed the beautiful bottle and used the product as a form of like you know here see see this is what it is see this is all it is it's just cosmetics um this business she went on for decades women would purchase nice. aquatafana and then following the instructions would slowly poison their husbands to death 
but all good things come to an end. And uh, she sold Aquatafana to the wrong woman, sadly. Uh oh. Yeah, this woman who had an abusive husband, like most, um, uh, went to Julia to get this. And initially, Julia was hesitant to sell to this woman. Should have followed her instincts, Mm -hmm. but she sold it anyway. And here comes the famous soup incident. More soup stories. I love it. All right. (laughs) I don't know if it was tomato soup, though. Um, That's a joke for a previous episode. If you don't know what I'm talking about, find it. Um, (laughs) The woman who Julia sold Aqua Tafana to one night went home and put the liquid in a bowl of soup she served to her husband. However, before he could take his first bite, she changed her mind and begged him not to eat it. One of the major rules was never to tell where the elixir came from. Like Fight Club, you don't talk about Fight Club. You don't talk about Aqua Tafana. Right. <laughs> so, sadly for this woman, whose husband was already abusive, he beat her continuously until she finally confessed to what she had started to do and to where it came from. Uh-oh. He took his wife and her story to the authorities where she made her second confession. And then Julia, this is how the story goes, must have been given some sort of a heads up because her and her daughter escaped to a local church where they were granted sanctuary and safety from the authorities for a time. So as word started to get around, get out in Rome, uh, lots of rumors started such as that Julia had poisoned the water supply with aquatafana. <laughs> And eventually, you know how these things go. They yeah. just like goes from this tiny story to bigger, bigger, bigger. Eventually, the church was stormed, and she and her daughter were arrested. And as you can imagine, her arrest was anything but nice. She was beaten and brutally tortured until she confessed. During her torture, she confessed to aiding in the death of at least 600 men and that she did it alone. Whether this number is exact is up for speculation because you'll say the darnest things under the influence of torture. Julia was eventually executed along with her daughter and three of her accomplices. Women who had used Julia's services, depending on their class, were also executed, also executed, totaling over 40 women. Wow. Those who were upper class were imprisoned or evaded being evaded punishment by feigning ignorance, insisting that they were never aware that the cosmetic was actually poison. Possibly Aquatafana's last and most famous customer, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, who fell ill at age 35. And as he deteriorated, he is stated as saying, quote, I feel I definitely that I would not last much longer. I don't know why he sounds like this. I am sure that I have been poisoned. I cannot rid myself of this idea. Someone has given me aqua divana and calculated the precise time of my death. Oh, boy. And that's it. That's my story. It's a very short story. Nice. But uh, it was, you know, a mom and her daughter and yeah. several women who it's continuously... excellent family business. Yeah. Who helped other women get out of their uh, ab- abusive relationships with their spouses. And well, in that time period, there wasn't really much other, like, you know, recourse. I may be just saying, like, one of these days we may need to do that. So, ladies, listen up. Okay, so... <laughs> My name's Julia. <laughs> <laughs> you also do stories about people with your name all the time as well. 
Uh, clearly, those are narcissistic tendencies coming through. <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> I have yet to do a Nicole, so. I mean, are, are there not many, like, famous Nicoles? There's a few, but. We need to find some. All right. We need to highlight the name Nicole and so show I, that Nicole can get shit done. <laughs> I, I did this story, and I told my husband about it. And I'm pretty sure that your husband told me about, told us about it one time. Like, when we were all hanging out, and he yeah. was like, you got to check out this um, Italian serial killer that oh. turned people into soap. <gasps> That's amazing. So, anyway. Okay. Um, so, I think I'm doing it. But, anyway. So, <laughs> I have a title. Okay. You may have heard of the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker, but don't forget the soap maker. Oh, that's a good one. I like it. All right. So, I'm going to butcher some Italian names here. Let's as we do it. go into this, just to be clear. So, Leonardo Schianculi. And from here on out, she will just be Leonardo because I can say that. Yeah. Yeah. Was born April 18th, 1894 in Montella, Avion, Avino. Oh, my God. She was born in Italy, by the way. That's where we're just going. I, I, mm, I've even been to Italy, and apparently I can't, can't do it today. So, mm-hmm. all right. She was the child of rape. Her mother was forced to marry her rapist. Oh, my God. After her pregnancy was discovered. Um, not uncommon, late 1800s. Soon to be common again. Yeah. Um, so Leonardo had a turbulent upbringing. You know, she was raised in one of those like really horrible poverty stricken, you know, parts of Italy. Um, her father died early, which seems like it would be a good thing, but her mother remarried and it didn't really improve their situation financially very much. Um, and her relationship with her mother would have a huge impact. Um, she was basically emotionally abused by her mother. Mm. Um, I'm sure her mother had feelings about the fact that she, you know, was the child of rape and like all of that stuff. And yeah. So anyway, um, and as a young girl, she tried to kill herself twice. Oh my gosh. So yeah, she did not have a good upbringing. Not that that. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so going against the wishes of her parents, who had picked a wealthy suitor for her, which, you know, to get her out of the poverty, poverty she was in, she decided instead to marry this office clerk named Raphael Pansardi, who was considerably older than her. And when they got married, she claims that her mother put a curse on her and her husband on that occasion. Okay. Oh, okay. So you're going to love this. She's really into, like fortune telling and psychics and all of that like that's a big part of her she a gypsy no but she would claim throughout her life you know that this curse was why all these bad things would happen to her and her husband okay okay um she and her husband moved to the town of loria oh i can say that (laughs) um which is um I just yeah in 1921. So anyway, they moved there and it sucked. They had no money. Everything was terrible. Um, they weren't making that much money, and they started um, having children. Um, so she also worked, um, and they don't say what she was doing at that time. But she got arrested for fraud at some point. Good for her. And went to prison. Um, when she was released, uh, they moved to another town, which makes sense. Um, and in that town, their home was just destroyed in 1930 by the Irpinia earthquake. So at this point, they have nothing. So they make it to the town of Correggio, and at this time, like, 
they start to kind of get their their footing right Mm -hmm. so they get some um she starts she opens a small soap shop and she's just like a really respected member of the community like she they kind of get their their footing right um so she's she's doing good she's got her shop um she also likes to do fortune telling and things like that psychic readings i don't know that that's what what they called it in the you know back then yeah 1930s but anyway um so over the years she had 17 pregnancies Ah. three ended in miscarriage and 10 of her children died in childhood and they don't say at what age but all very young that's awful so she became super overprotective of the four that survived and as i said she was very superstitious you know astrology palm reading all of that stuff and um the fear of losing more of her children was inflamed by a conversation she had with a fortune teller who had said that bef- um, the fortune teller warned her saying that while she would get married and have children, they would all die young. Oh, so like, and this was before she got married, like she, mm-hmm. before the kids, she got, had this, right. You know, and this is what they said. So yeah. like it's stuck in her mind yeah. this whole time. And then when a bunch of them did, you can imagine how she felt about the last four. So, um, Oh, and she also saw another um, palm reader who was Romani. She wasn't, but she met one who told her that she saw her ending up in a criminal insane asylum. Oh. So anyway, 1939, World War II breaks out. And, um, you know, Italy is on the side of Germany, Mussolini, all that. Take a World War II class. It's super interesting. (laughs) Um, Anyway, they began recruiting for the military. And her oldest son, I don't know if it was, yeah, it was her oldest son. Giuseppe was of age and he was going to have to go. And she was like, um, no. So she decided that the best way to protect him was to kill other people. Fair enough. Human sacrifice. Fair enough. (laughs) All of her victims, and this is the only part that like I struggle with a little bit. Like all of her victims were like middle-aged women that were her neighbors. So that's a fucking bummer. Yeah. Well, you know, unless their lives are so horrible that maybe well, death is better. Honestly, no. I think she just she picked these women. And I'll tell you about them. But as a beforehand, they were all kind of like a couple of two of them were spinsters or what they would call a spinster. I don't know if y'all. So they were married to our young head. our young listeners. <laughs> it's like you know you're you're too old and you're not married and you don't have any kids. So and and, and, and you and still live certain, with your parents. And then, no, but in a certain time that was considered. A certain way mm-hmm. right like yeah. there was a connotation to that um They're that's just, very common now and we're totally cool with that but in the different you know time. this in the 1940s it mm-hmm. wasn't quite the same i used to say i was a spinster know, all the time the same thing so anyway um all right so let me just tell you about the the ladies faustina seti Leonardo was a fortune teller herself, as I said, and she had a pretty good reputation, so all three of these victims were her clients. Wow. Oh. Yeah, so, um, so Faustina was a middle-aged, unmarried woman um, who was looking for a husband. Okay. So she goes and she's telling Leonardo, and she tells her that there's a suitable partner for her in Pola, which is modern-day Croatia, but instructed her not to tell anyone anything about it and just go there. And Faustina was also told to write letters and postcards so they could be sent back to her relatives and friends after she got to Pola. Oh, that's, yeah. Shady, right? Yeah. So on the day of her departure, she came to say goodbye to Leonardo, who gave her drugged wine, 
And then once she was unconscious, she murdered her with an axe, pulled her body into a closet, and hacked it into nine pieces. She also collected the blood into a basin. So I have these in here because one of the things, um, I'm going to tell you right now, she gets caught. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And in her trial, she was so adamant in what she, like, thought about everything Mm -hmm. that she would, like, correct them when they got it wrong. Good for her. So I have, this is her statement about the details of what happened to this woman. So I threw the pieces into a pot, added seven kilos of caustic soda, which I had bought to make soap, and stirred the mixture until the pieces dissolved into a thick, dark mush. Then I poured into several buckets and emptied in a nearby septic tank. As for the blood in the basin, I waited till it had coagulated, dried it in the oven, ground it, and mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, and eggs, as well as a bit of margarine. Kneading all the ingredients together, I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit. Although, Giuseppe and I also ate them, which she totally admits that she ate them. Is this how we got red velvet cake? I don't know, but like... (laughs) I hope so. That's, that's where the red food coloring comes Also, from. according to some sources, and this is where it gets a little hair, like hairy for me, like she's all about this is how she saves her son from dying, but she also happened to get the rest of this woman's life savings as payment for services, which was like 30,000 lira. Wow. Um, lira is done differently than dollars, and I don't know how much that is in dollars. Yeah. It's not as much as it sounds is what I'm getting at. Um, I went to Italy many, many ages ago, and things would be like, 5,000 lira was like 50 bucks, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And you're like, oh, God, I have 5,000. Um, all right. So the next victim, Francesca Soevi. Um, I'm sticking with the first names. They're mm-hmm. the easiest. Her second victim's name, I just said her name. What is wrong with me? All right. Um, like Faustina, she was a middle-aged woman who was looking for better prospects than she had at the time. And she told her that she had found her a job at a girl's school in um, northern Italy. And so she was asked the same thing, correspond with your friends, but she was told to do so from Correggio and then came to meet Leonardo one last time before her departure, drank the drugged wine, and was murdered with an axe. Um, Her body underwent the same treatment, and she received $3,000 or 3,000 lira from the death of her second victim. So again, she's getting money from this, too. Um, And this was said to have occurred on September 5th, 1940. All right, wow. so last victim, Virginia. I'm sure it's pronounced differently in Italian, but we're just going to go with Virginia Cassiopopo. I can't do these last names. Like, if someone says them to me, I'm like, oh, obviously. She was a former soprano star, Virginia. And she, like, had reportedly performed at La Scala, which is the famous opera house in Milan. And she was um, basically, Leonardo was like, there's a job. I found a job for you um, as a secretary for a mysterious impresario. An impresario is basically like an entrepreneur, just like a business person. Mm-hmm. But it sounds way cooler to it does, get yeah. a job with a mysterious impresario. That's I mean, what, I might leave and do that. That's no, what I want to do. I just want to be an impresario now. That's my life. I just want to go be their secretary. <laughs> Not you can be to mine. do the hard work. You can just, be my secretary just kidding um as with the other two women she was instructed not to tell anyone about where she was going you know to leave the notes oh my god she came to say goodbye and it's the same as the other two like the same but there is one difference Uh uh-oh however unlike the first two victims her body was melted down to make soap and this is the account given in court just like the last one just 
as a heads up, this is messed up. She ended up in the pot, like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white, and when it melted, I had a bottle of cologne. And after a long time on the boil, I was able to make some most acceptable creamy soap. I gave bars to neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes, too, were better. That woman was really sweet. Oh, my God. And she collected 50,000 lira and jewels. Wow. Because this woman's giving them, like, you know, like, here, I got you this job. I got you. I found you a husband. And they're like, oh, right. here, take my money, you know, yeah. or like. Like a thank you. So how she was caught. So the last victim's sister-in-law was like, uh, this is weird that she left and was last seen entering Leonardo's house. So she reported her fears to the superintendent who opened an investigation and Leonardo was soon arrested. She didn't confess um, at first, but then they started saying that her son did it. And then she confessed Um. immediately. And um, she basically... um, was tried for murder she was completely unrepentant she was just like i had to do what i had to do this is what i did um and as i said she would like correct them yeah <laughs> in the trial if they got something wrong and be like no no this yes. is how it happened i you know i hacked her leg off not like you know like yeah, she was yeah. very weird about it i guess um it was just you know and she okay so this is what i'm gonna read this for a minute Um, She gripped the witness stand rail with oddly delicate hands and calmly set the prosecutor right on certain deep details. Her deep set dark eyes gleamed with a wild inner pride as she concluded, I gave the copper ladle, which I used to skim the fat off the kettles to my country, which was so badly in need of metal during the last days of the war. Good for her. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, she was found guilty and sentenced to 30 years in prison. Um, she died of cerebral apoplexia in a women's criminal asylum, as predicted, yeah. um, in 1970. Oh, wow. And a bunch of artifacts from the case, including the pot in which she was boiled, are on display in the Criminological Museum in Rome, which I now need to go to. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And a very dark like a darkly comedic play called love and magic in mama's kitchen was produced in 1979 and it ran on broadway in 1983 so that's cool yeah so that's my so why did she have to do it does she never really say why Yeah, because she's she thought if she sacrificed other people it would keep her son from being killed in the war I see. Okay. Because, you know. Yeah, yeah. Got to keep that balance, the life-death balance, I guess. Because there weren't hundreds of thousands of people being killed. Already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. That's funny. Anyway. So. It kind of it reminds me of Serial Mom. Like, that was a great movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that she killed the woman because she didn't recycle. Well, listen, we talked. <laughs> you talked about it at the beginning, but this was the week I figured out. So, I love reading and listening to not love but i'm totally fine with reading and listening to cases about women who did or suspected of killing their kids Mm -hmm. like i have no problem with it like i know all about casey anthony yeah (laughs) i know all about andrea yates and all the crazy stuff because i'm kind of intrigued by the mindset you know like oh gosh yeah the psychological aspects behind it um not that i you know but it turns out that's the thing i can't actually do on this podcast yeah like it turns out that's the thing i can't sit back and retell right so i was like oh i found a line i'm very excited about that because like (laughs) for for a minute there i didn't know i had one so i was like cool i found a line 
this is my line. Yeah. I mean, like, if something happened and it was intermixed in the case, I maybe, but, like, where it's, like, the full thing. It's just straight on. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. But I kind of, I thought the, the soap making, I just really liked that she would correct them and be like, no. No. This is what I did. This is what I did. If you're going to tell the fucking story, get it right. Right? Like, just hacking up people in her house, oh, you wow. know, where she's doing fortune telling. That's funny. I just think it's funny that she ate the tea cakes and was totally like, yeah, we ate some too. Like, that woman was real sweet. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Her cakes were better than the other ones. Like, oh my God. That's great. Okay, so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do like the live segment. We're gonna try something here. We're gonna are we allowed to drink? Well, I don't know who fucking cares. I don't care. We're gonna try something because we're gonna get we're doing the the mom part where we um, yeah thank our mom listeners and we even have like a few really nice things from somebody. So let's try this shit. Mm. Boop, 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 boop. Ooh. <laughs> oh, there it goes. I've already broken it. Okay. I can move over. Yeah, because I can't move this back anymore. I love that probably people who are not listening, they're just watching. They're just like, what the fuck is happening right now? What are these people doing? <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me. Okay, I think we got it. We're just going to do boop. Three, two, one. Okay, cool. I love that, like, like I don't think you can see. Nobody's watching. It's cool. Excellent. Nobody cares. It'll be recorded. So, okay. Hello. Hey, we're recording our podcast, and we're going to, it's Mother's Day, so we're going to do our mom shout-outs that we had. So, uh, one of our listeners, um, I'm just going to say first names. Is that it? Do you yep. think that's more kosher than saying, like, all the names? Yeah, let's just say first names for now. Okay. Um, so Amy had a really sweet shout out for several mom friends. And I know that some of them listen to our podcast as well. So it's, you know, full circle and we love it. Um, so Amy said to my friend, Carrie, who is the calmest mom I know, I've loved watching her parent from the beginning. Nothing ruffles that woman. She also is great for normalizing my mom experience when I need to vent about the exasperating things my kids do. Yeah. True story. Yeah. 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 That's what we do before we record, actually. <laughs> we, we spend a good deal of time on that. We run down all the shit that our kids have done. And then her second is, watching my friend Adrian has been a lesson in allowing kids to be who they are. Watching her parent, her fierce, self-assured, independent daughter has taught me a lot. Adrienne always just accepts and supports her and never tries to influence her to be different. I've learned a lot, so I learned a lot, so appreciate and love her approach. Which I think is true. So I like, mm-hmm. I think we, we, we talk about this too, like we know most of these women, yeah. which is cool. It's a small town, I guess. Yeah. Um, but do you want to read the last one? Sure. Okay. So, my friend Dusty is a good lesson in watching a great mom parent a mini-me. Her daughter is a beautiful carbon copy, and I love seeing how the two reflect each other, but in their own unique ways. I also appreciate knowing that Dusty goes through all the girl things before me, and I can always turn to her for advice. Sweet. That's so nice. And, you know, shout out to this mom right here. Oh, and you. My favorite mom friend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and Allie. And Allie, and Allie. Uh, yes. And I wanted, we definitely wanted to mention our friend Allie, 
because she is, um, well, she's an OBGYN, mm-hmm. MD. Badass. D.O. She's actually a D.O. She's um, a badass. She delivered one of my kids, and so she's working full-time. She's taking care of moms. She's delivering our babies, and she's a full-time mom, too, so yeah, she's amazing. Um, I had, like, all these people in my head that I wanted to say something about. <laughs> I don't this is why you write shit down, is what it my is. husband would say. It, it is true. Um, it is also very early on I Sunday know. morning. I haven't had anything to eat. I've just been drinking. Um, uh, let's see. <laughs> it, it just is all falling out of my head. Uh, my cousins, Jen and Emmy, who are both moms, yep. Jenna has uh, four children, mm-hmm. two of them being twins. I just can't imagine. Me Good either. for you. It was like my biggest fear. <laughs> Yeah, like being pregnant with it, like twins. No. At first, I was like, "No, no, this will be good. Like one and done. Just they all like, you know, it's you know, like two for the price of one, kinda." So, um, and uh, she, Jenna, wanted to shout out um, Heaven and Charlotte, and she, and her sister as well. Um, Emily, who is a bonus mom, and I can't imagine how hard being a bonus mom is. Mm-hmm. So, good for all the bonus moms. Yeah. Um, I think Michelle, who listens, I think she might be a bonus mom. And if not, well, you get a shout out anyway because you're awesome. So, <laughs> I get, um, Aaron, my friend Aaron. There okay. we go. See, like I'm getting this. Like I gotta like get. I have to get in the mindset. So, Aaron is. Uh, she runs her own small business, and I know how freaking hard that is in juggling babies and business and life. So if you're ever in Wellsboro, she owns the Wandering Barista. Uh, it's amazing coffee. Tried the cold brew. Holy shit, it's the best. It's the best. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people. Who... Just you know, shout out to my mom. She's awesome. Your mom's adorable. She is. She's so adorable. Um, and my sister-in-law, who is an amazing mom, Emily. She puts up with my brother, so there's that. Yeah. And she has two awesome kids who I get to see next weekend, so I'm super excited about that. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, just in general, shout out to all, all the moms. All of our mom friends. And we may not have said you, like, yeah. like uh, Angelica, uh, Taylor. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, all the freaking moms I know now. Because, I, I, yeah. Anyway, being a mom is exhausting. Being a parent is exhausting. Everybody who is a mom, you're doing great. And cheers. 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 Look at, is that your brother? That is my brother. (laughs) Hey, brother. (laughs) This is funny. Yeah. We're recording our podcast while doing this at the same time. So if you're listening to the podcast, you probably, like, there's no visual for this. And you're going to be like, what are these crazy people doing? You're like, what what the fuck's happening? As usual. Yeah. All right. Well, that's... Have a good Mother's Day, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Go drink. Get some food. Brunch. All of that. Yeah. Your moms love you. Bye. And so we ended our video. That was terrifying. That was amazing. And, yeah. Okay. So, this is still recording. This is a short episode. Yeah. What the fuck? What we happened? both did shorties. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's no real, like, long mom stories of moms just being, like... I mean, yeah, unless it's, like, moms. Casey Anthony or something. 
I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> I know, right? I have a hard time listening to it. Like, um, yeah. so. Well, I'm excited because um, next week is the end of the semester. Mm. It's finals week next week. And that means after that, I should have some brain power and free time to finish up Dahlia. And it'll be summer-ish. Oh, and yeah. we'll have time to maybe actually put it together. Put it together. So. And record. That's for our that's our first episode for our Patreon page, which is going to be just an extended um uh closet like it's gonna be stories but more in depth. They're not gonna be quick, they're gonna be longer. We go into like more detail about whatever it is that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um and once we have our first story, we will open up our Patreon page. Uh so yeah. yeah. It's it's going to be cool. I'm excited about it. I got, you know, um, for anyone out there who listens, and I know there's a few of you, um, April in higher ed is like murder. Mm-hmm. So I've just been barely keeping it together. Yeah. Um, so like even when I do have the free time, I don't have the brain power to sit down and do the research that yeah. I need to be doing to do, Understandable. The, to do that story. But I'm really excited. Like I, saw, I grabbed the book the other day and went, all right. Yeah. Time to get back to it. So let's do this. So I'm excited. And that's, I guess that's it. So yeah. again, thank you to everybody who listens, but especially to the moms that listen. And if we missed anybody, I do yeah. apologize because we love y'all. Yeah. All our momsters. Yeah. You're doing great. You're doing great things. Oh, Autumn is a mom. And I didn't fucking say Autumn. Autumn. <laughs> oh my God. Autumn, who is this amazing artist, she did our logo. And she does all of our logo stuff for she us. She does, and it's amazing. She is so good, and she's a mom. Holy shit, how did I forget that? She's like, okay. I forgot tons of people, so, you I, know. I fucking fail. Maybe we'll just do, like, a, a post, and we'll just tag everybody. I don't even know. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Anyway, um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 4MPodcast. Our email is mysterymompodcast at gmail.com. And make sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on all the things. And that's it. That's it. That's it. Thanks for listening. Your moms love you. Bye. Bye.